Hey everybody, welcome back to Hockey at the Rock or Hockey at MetLife Stadium if you'd like to uh, talk about it that way. My name is Dan Rosell and I'm joined as always by John Fisher. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. I am warmed up from Saturday's game. I was about just you? about to ask you. I was just about to ask you. I didn't go because I know I do terribly in the cold, but it looked like a fantastic time. Obviously, the result was fantastic. The Nikos were fantastic, and it was a huge, huge, huge result for a team that needs them, especially right now, as the Devils uh, played in their outdoor stadium series game against the Philadelphia Flyers, won that game. But before that, uh, they, they had a week where they could have started building some momentum. And I would say, again, still, for the most part, more good things than bad this week. Yeah. I mean, earlier this week, the Devils did something they have not done this season, Dan. Mm -hmm. We talked about this a lot. Yes. You know what that is. They want a back-to-back set. They want a back-to-back set. God bless. It was grand. It was was lovely. Yeah. Uh, Monday against Seattle, the vaunted, tweaked defense of the New Jersey Devils. Um got the devil got they scored their first power play goal in well since the middle of january you know jack mm-hmm. hughes had a goal and an assist he scored off joey decord's head mm-hmm. um the and classic. even though the devils basically turtled for the last 10 minutes or so they held on to win 3-1 comfortably mm-hmm. a solid strong effort um you know it could have went pear shaped you know there were some penalties where you wish the devils did punish them they actually did punish them on a second power play, but uh, Hollow was judged to have interfered with Mr. Decord, so it was taken off the board. But still, to fully get to a PPG, the big deal scores a goal. Dawson Mercer slammed in a puck that gave Timo Meyer a point. You can't also, complain. Solid Nico Dawson goal, right? For that one, Nico, that's right. Nico Dawson started his four starts in six nights. Yep. yep. As and Mr. Vanage, excellent. He was, yeah, Dawes was excellent. He got the start because Vanacek has been, was ruled out with both an illness and a lower body injury. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And no, no jokes about, you know, the runs. There were Mm -hmm. two separate things. Yes. Uh, But Dawes came in and played very well, too much to the point where it was a surprise that he played the very next night. Yeah. And it, it, you know, when the Devils had a rookie goalie in back-to-back games this season, it did not go very well for uh, one Akira Schmid, for example. Ooh. But uh, Dawes met the challenge. He really, really did. And again, I can't say enough about how good he's been this week. It, it almost has single-handedly inspired the, I wouldn't call it a turnaround. I don't know if they were ever that out of it, but it has inspired a renewed confidence in the way that they're playing. There are certainly more of the people that matter that are feeling a little bit better than they were, say, a week or two ago mm-hmm. i'm still what's the opposite of bullish bearish i mean yeah bearish but there's still there's still a lot of work to do like no one's yeah. questioning that but, but they put themselves in a better position like, yeah they exactly. could have been buried this week yes and they really could have been buried against nashville where again you give up a power play goal to ryan o'reilly i mean the nashville predators have four scorers and a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. and you know two of those scorers you know created that power play goal and then Juice Soros has looked like he was going to gully the Devils to oblivion. Uh, a bit of surprise because Soros is actually having a poor season by his standards. Mm-hmm. He's actually a statistically sub-average goaltender, Dan. Hmm. Weird. Anyway, yeah, Jack Hughes gets you a goal. Cool. Then, then the Devils get blown up on a Thomas Thomas Novak, not to be confused with uh, Thomas Tatar. Um, Josie sprung him for a breakaway goal. And then you're back to Juice Saros goaling you up. And then you get the breakthrough from Nico Heischer. 
Timo Meyer scores his first goal in seemingly forever mm-hmm. to go up late. And then he sure pockets the empty netter to uh, secure a four to win. I think that's another, um, you know, another devil who's had a particularly good week, except for the game against Los Angeles is Timo Meyer. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of devils had bad games against Los Angeles, but before we get sure, to that, I want to point out abysmal. The devils put up 47 shots on the predators. Mm-hmm. And going into this game, the Predators had a pretty, pretty good defense, but they just could not handle the puck. They couldn't, they couldn't get out of second gear a lot of times. So even when they were attacking and Dawes was forced to make some tough saves, you know, it was really Juice Soros that was really making it hard. And the Devils still won, which is a yep. great feeling. You know, you didn't Definitely. let the goalie get in your head him and his giant yellow pads. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and it was, again, it's one of those that you're, you look at, you're like, okay, Many opportunities where this could have been lost against an opponent where, again, famously, they hadn't won in 15 years in Nashville. No. Went in. Did it. Yeah. In regulation. Sorry. I should I should specify. They hadn't won in regulation in 15 years in Nashville, but they went in. Got it done. Huge. Yeah. Could also play against an L.A. team that has fallen off from the start of the season. Get Ooh. more points. Keep rolling mm. into the stadium series game. And uh, then you don't score. Plop. That's pretty much the summation of that game in a word. The Devils had five shots on net in the first period. Mm-hmm. To say they they came out slowly would be an understatement. And Nico Dawes really was in full form because he was the only guy that really showed up to play all sixty minutes. And you and 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 it and this brings to mind another frustration with the Devils' season so far. I did mention this a little earlier that the Devils scored their first power play goal since the middle of January. Mm-hmm. And this was a team that was firing them in at close to 40%, you know, after the first 10, 12, 15 games of the season. Right. Now, I will say the Devils did get a power play goal against Los Angeles. However, mm-hmm. they really botched a lot of potential power plays against LA. Seven and opportunities, worse, right? Yeah, one for seven. And uh-huh. worse is that the first opportunity that they got ended with a shorthanded goal. It, like, for whatever reason, power play unit one was on for the entire power play. They yep. were not only ineffective, but they were gassed. Mm-hmm. Adrian Kempe takes advantage, so he gets inside Luke Hughes. Kempe gets stopped. Kopitar bangs in the rebound. Ugh. I mean, you want to say, I want to see a better effort from the skaters there, but they were gassed, and it's like, why didn't you just put out your second unit when unit one wasn't getting it done? No, that's a fair but, point, I think. But still, you get a power play goal. Jesper Brack gets a one-timer opportunity from the big deal. Tyler Toffoli bats in the rebound. Cool. It's one to one. You can make this a game, right? Mm. Well, no. Uh, Curtis Lazar decided to take a very bizarre holding call against Pierre Luc Dubois. It looked yeah. like he was, he was on the ground and he grabbed his stick blade or something weird like that. And Quinton Byfield roofed the shot right in front of Dawes. Like it was a, you know, there was a lot of criticism of Mr. Byfield for not being an immediate impact player. Well, he's got 17 goals now, Dan. Mm-hmm. He is very much, you know, a budding you know, dude for the Kings. Like well, at the beginning be... of the season, he was one of the major reasons that they were rattling so many wins in a row. Exactly. And while the Kings have fallen off, you know, Byfield, he's he's showing that he's got the goods and he definitely did. So, you know, scoring on a, you know, he just roofed the shot. Like it wasn't like the devils had bad defense necessarily. Like he just found the pocket of space and just roofed it, you know, in one motion. It was actually really incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately you're down two to one and the devils now finally have to scramble the score. And much to my frustration, Dan, 
you know, a lot of guys are just standing around. It's six on five or five on four or five on five even. And only two guys with the puck or I'm sorry, the guy with the puck and one other guy is moving. Mm-hmm. And the other three are just standing around waiting for the play to happen. Tyler Toffoli still could have had a tap in equalizer in the final minute. He whiffed it. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole game was pretty much not good enough. The effort just, wasn't yeah. there. The compete wasn't there. I know the big deal. Jack Hughes got mad because Victor Arvidsson elbowed him. And then after the four on four, Victor Arvidsson fouled the crud out of him on a breakaway. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the call. So he's frustrated. And of course, Sportsnet calls him a villain now. Says he's taking a heel turn because that's how hockey culture works in Canada, Dan. <laughs> you get abused. You get denied the calls that you deserve. Yeah. He says something to the effect of, hey, they pay to see me, not you, which is an objective fact nobody cares about victor arvidson you know no one's going to the nhl store here in manhattan saying i need my victor arvidson merch i need my va hats <laughs> nobody's doing that dan but jack hughes is the villain for being for being victimized here well i mean it wasn't a game good on you jeff marrick it wasn't a good look when they went on to lose the game. That's the problem. That's the problem with all that. Like if they end yeah, up winning true. that game and it comes back, it's like, all right, whatever, who cares? It's it's a forgotten that's incident, true, yeah. and so on and so forth. But this is the you know the the fodder that they provided by losing that game. I'm I'm sorry. Like you just pay to see what? Like nothing happened. This is true. And 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 the big and like I said, Hughes Jack Hughes did not have a great game. A lot of Devils didn't have a great game in this one, Dan. Mm-hmm. Nico Dawes literally was the only guy to show up for all three periods. Simple as you're not going to win many hockey games with only 12 shots in the first 40 minutes, unless, you know, three of those go in the net. And, and again, I think you ask any devil's fan. I think we take that a uh, hundred times out of a hundred in terms of Jack Hughes showing passion for the game like that. Yeah. I mean, which is it guys you want him to, you know, have emotion and play with a fire in his belly, or do you want him to be a robot and uh, say nothing to the crowd? Like he's Joe Sackick 2.0. I mean, you just, you complain when the players have zero personality, you complain when the players have too much personality. Like, yeah, it happens. He, he talked some, uh, some trash, let's put it that way. And then they, it came back to haunt them, but then you do what he did next game and back it up. Then I think you, you know, you're allowed to do that every so often. Well, even so, he still had an assist in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have the power play goal without him setting up Jesper Rod. Anyway, right. now I will say Mr. Hughes, well, actually, I shouldn't say he had a bad game, but I think he was not the star at MetLife Stadium. Yes. No, that was the it, as Nikos. He, it was the Nikos show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go into this game, Dan, you look at the standings. The Devils were about seven points back of the Flyers. While the Devils have two games in hand on them, you know, you can do math. You, you're, you still have three points to make up here. Not to mention the Devils were seven points behind Tampa Bay, who that day decided to get absolutely demolished by Florida by mm-hmm. some measure. I had no idea would ever happen. And unfortunately, Detroit won earlier that day, five, nothing. So it meant the Devils couldn't you know crawl into a wild card spot. But you needed the win, Dan. Yeah, you need the you... win for multiple reasons. You need the win because you're hosting a celebration in New Jersey in MetLife Stadium. And the morale boost that you would give you is unbelievable yeah. we saw everyone's you know demeanor after the game and after the devils won it just seems like it, it could have sparked something special and also again if it's a quote-unquote four-point game between you and a division rival going for a similar playoff spot you have to start winning them now and the next time they see the flyers and the last time they see the flyers this season is the second to last game of the season that may end mm-hmm. up mattering a whole lot 
Oh, absolutely. It, it, you know, these games within the division matter. And as we've discussed to death, a lot of these bad losses like your San Jose's, your Anaheim's, even other games like to Philadelphia, they lost in overtime to them back on December. You gave them a point on November 30th. This all stuff comes back to bite you. So you really, that means you, your situation is now, you got to go on a run. You got to go, excuse me, you got to get on a heater. And unfortunately for the Devils, the Flyers were just recently on such a heater going into this game. Since the All-Star break, they, I'm sorry, before the All-Star break, they lost five, four in a row, five in a row. Then they rattle off four straight wins and lost in post-regulation to Toronto the game before this one for them. So they're coming in hot, Dan. Yeah. They're coming and feeling good. Then they decided to dress up like Rocky Balboa, not understanding that Rocky lost in Rocky one. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they immediately took a swing 30 less. Well, what? 31 seconds in well, via goal tried... from Nico Heischer. Absolutely. Like the, the seas were parted and Mr. Heischer uh, broke away and the mostly devil's favorable crowd having attended the game live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was obviously a large group of flyer fans that showed up for the event but it was more red than orange right and the crowd reaction in the arena was huge because you it wasn't just yeah the guy scored it's also okay we can enjoy this a little bit you don't have to wait for the devils to give up the first goal like they have done in the majority of their games this season Mm -hmm. you don't have to wait for some something to break down and make you go you know make you nervous you can relax a little bit it's like okay you got a lead to play with yep you know and he's your Tucked it in between the legs of Samuel Ersan. It was lovely stuff, Dan. I, I, I'm doing a hand gesture that uh, somebody else would do later in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was fantastic to see. And it was also, again, the second fastest goal scored in outdoor game history, only following, uh, was it Colby Armstrong, 20 seconds into the first ever uh, Winter Classic game. So very, very quick start for these Devils. And again, they they just look like they were operating on a very, very nice level in that first period. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked very controlled and composed. Um, and then, you know, then things turned around. Yeah, well, the first period was a great period from the Devils. Their compete was right there. Um, you know, it helped that Morgan Frost took a penalty early on for high sticking. Um, Although scary in this game to take penalties because the devil's power play had been trending downward as we talked about. And the Flyers penalty kill has been ridiculous. They have the most shorthanded goals in the league by a wide, wide margin. So they're plenty threatening on the power play. It could have easily swung momentum back the other way. Absolutely. But the devils to their credit, even though their power play had issues, Mm -hmm. they only gave up two shorthanded shots. This is a notable number because the number they gave up at even straight was a lot larger than two, but nevertheless, the Devils forced the Flyers to take some poor penalties. Um, the Devils got a second goal, a banger of a rebound from Tyler Toffoli, created by Brendan Smith, of all people. Mm-hmm. Um, Smith Ms. Smith had one of his classic. So Brendan Smith came back into the lineup this week, Dan, and he replaced Santeri Hataka. Yeah. I could tell you from the Los Angeles game, that was a terrible decision. I know why, for roster reasons, why they had to make that decision. Yeah. Somebody had to go down, and Hataka being waiver ineligible, he he's easily the choice to go down. That being said, Hataka was way better than Smith. But Smith, this was Smith's night in a way. Mm-hmm. For as bad as he was on defense, and oh boy, did Ryan Pelling love playing against Brendan Smith. Yeah, like every time they were out there, Smith was. You know, huffing and puffing in his own end of the ring. And but Smith and created Paling had stuff. scored against the Devils in the previous games too. He 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 had like what seven goals in the season. Three of them had been against the Devils. Exactly. Like the, it was it was a tilt 
ice tilting situation where Nico Dawes, the other Nico, mm-hmm. really came to play hero. And that definitely came about in the second period where the Devils gave up. How many shots stand in the second period? What was it? 27? 27! Yeah. The Devils gave up 29 the whole game to Los Angeles, Dan. Yeah. And they gave up 27. But again, like, as you're watching that, as you're watching that, yes, it's clear that the Flyers have the initiative there. But it's not like, well, first of all, there definitely were some dangerous shots, but it's not like a majority of those were dangerous. I think the Devils did a good job of helping Nico Dawes really, you know, make his life a little bit easier to make all those saves. It is true. Like out of the 36 shot attempts, only 17 of them were um, in the scoring chance area. Seven of them were high danger. Mm-hmm. And, and Dawes did make some crazy good saves. And the Devils did get a little bit lucky with, you know, some misses, some blocks here and there. Some bounces off the refs, like Nico's goal too, things like that. It, exactly. But the Devils were definitely under siege. Um, it didn't, you didn't feel good when Owen Tippett scored from the slot, you know, wide open uh, to make it two to one. And then you're like, okay, now it's a game. All right, cool. Miller and DeLaurier take matching penalties. Now it's four on four and Philly's dominating the four on four. Not a great sign. Then you see Nemich gets a stick hold after Nico Dawes got run over to no call for some inexplicable reason. But Konechny then decided to give a two-hander to Smith. Mm-hmm. Credit to Smith for not retaliating and doing something dumb like fight him. So good, good on that. But the Devils did nothing with that power play or Nick Sealer's power play. But the Devils get a big break from Mr. Smith who is left alone in front of the net yeah. for an offensive zone faceoff and put Barry's sweeps in Andrej Palat's shot. Second like, goal as a devil, second goal of the season. Like I'm still like, I saw it live. I was ha- like, I was like, wow, great rebound Smith. Yeah. Why was I mean, he there? Nate Bastion got two goals. Nate Bastion on the next shift styles and profiles mm-hmm. roofs it like he's a goal scorer and then gives possibly the best goal celebration of the season to date throwing up the, the jersey um, salute now hold on dan <laughs> hold on uh-huh. hold on look new jersey is a diverse state uh-huh. home to many different communities yeah but there it is not it is not celebration <laughs> it is not solely solely in that ethnic group that yes. being said, ESPN, apparently the broadcast would lead you to believe that everybody is Tommy DeVito or related yeah. to him or knows him as a family friend, including Mr. Bastion. So, but it was, it wasn't a, a, a very well-received salute. And of course it's four to one. So you could celebrate a lot more. Yeah. You I know? think any salute at that point is well-received. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the devils are feeling quite, quite good, but as always, they don't make it easy. No, Andres Pollat now... I'm not going to disagree. This was a soft call, but they've been calling wax to the gloves since 2005. Mm-hmm. Andres Pollock should have known, like, I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to pick the guy's pocket on the four check and he actually succeeded. But of course he got the guy in the hands. They gave him a call. Owen Tippett scores from the high slot. It's four to two, mm-hmm. but you still had the sense of if the devils could just control things a little bit, you could rest a little easier. And they did. They did, yeah. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they I, got a fifth goal uh, from the captain again. Yep. Lovely shot. I'm actually surprised Samuel Urson played the entire game. Yeah, I, I think they didn't have a lot of great options available. I think they yeah, might Cal have Cal Peterson. Some... <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I don't know. I think they, they, they have some injury going on besides the, you know, obvious reason they're down to goalies two and three for the season. Um, but I, I think Urson was still 
more trustworthy at that point than whoever I mean, they had be, in the back. I mean, to be fair, they have been playing really well with him, so I get it. Yeah. But I'm a little surprised that Tortorella, you know, for I'm, I'm sure he gave the team the riot act after that first period, mm-hmm. uh, as evidenced by the 27 shots on net. But the, the Flyers didn't really come out with, you know, fire for that third period. Uh, the Devils came out pretty strong early got that goal to make it a three goal game. And yeah, even though Nick Sealer scored through a screen pass to Eric Halla to uh, make it a two goal game again, mm-hmm. it didn't really, it didn't really feel like it was, you know, the flyers were going to come back at this one, as long as the devils didn't, you know, take a dumb penalty or do something really, really stupid. Cause Dawes was in control. The team was still attacking. The team was funneling making... pucks to Heischer to try and get him the hat trick at the end there. Yeah. Um, at the end, you know, Bastion took the shot that uh, made it 6-3, put it out of range for Philadelphia. But e- even still, I think the team was trying really, really hard to get Nico that third goal in front of uh, all those fans. But again, you can't complain about the result. It's no, a solid can't. win. The night overall was, as the captain said, effing amazing. Um, yeah. And we, we hope that that really fuels something much, much larger. It taught us a couple of things. It taught us that this team is equipped for big moments. Let's just put it that way. This was as big a stage as you can get this season in the NHL. 70,000 people in the stadium. Most of them are cheering for you. You get, you send a lot of them home happy. Yep. Job done. take that every time. And then um, the other thing is that Nico Dawes might be something. I don't know if he I'm going to, you know, sit here and say, "Yep, that's it. We found it. That's the solution now." But uh we can say that at least he's given you something that the other guys haven't so far this year. So, yeah, uh, very I, good I, to see that happening. I've done the work on the site, you know, what is goal what does league average goaltending look like, Dan? I looked at three different metrics that you could use for this and Dawes is actually above and after Ooh. the Philly game, more above. Nice. League average Hey, he, he, he is. You want league average goaltending? Dawes is giving you even better than league average goaltending. Not a ton. He's not Connor Hellebuck. He's not Thatcher Demko. He's doing all right. He's doing That's better all he than has Soros. To do. That's the all problem has, has been speed and Vanacek. Oh my God. But that, that's exactly what you said. That's all he has to do. He just has to be all right. And again, to the team that's been assembled here, the goaltending was really letting them down. And again, the attention to detail, the the structural changes they've made after the all-star break have seemed to really pan out in terms of reorienting them back towards an attentive style of hockey. So I, we've been yeah. really enjoying seeing it. Um, it's going to be a close playoff race, much to our chagrin, unlike last year, where they were comfortably in by like mid-March. I, I think this is really going to come down to the last week or two. Um, because while they're two points out now, you have to realize that like, it's going to involve a lot of sustained winning to maintain that spot. And the devils still do have one of the most difficult schedules in the league. In fact, they have another four games and six nights to play. All right. Let me write it down for you, Dan. Yeah, go ahead. Starting tomorrow, they get to go to Washington DC to play the capitals, a team that's pretty much have their life, their playoff lives on life support at this point. But you got to beat them. You have to beat them. Have to have to. Then, on Thursday, you come home to play our hated rivals, who came back to win against the Islanders in overtime. But that's, you know what, like, you you may grit your teeth, but I think that's a better result for the Devils' playoff chances overall. It, it kind of is and it isn't. The thing is, I kind of wanted the Islanders to be buried, even if that means supporting a team I don't want well, to. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> but nevertheless... But, but, but like, you... if it's going to go to overtime, at least at that point, I'd rather have the Rangers win. Okay. Nevertheless, the Devils... Have a tough game on Thursday. They got to take care of business. 
Yep. And then you have another back-to-back set, a pair of afternoon games. Ooh. First one is against Montreal at 2 p.m. Devils lost the winnable game to Montreal back in January. You can't assume that's going to be a win, Dan. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday is an even bigger game because of recent events in the Atlantic Division. You get to play the Tampa Bay Lightning at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is currently is they have the same number of points in games played right now as of this recording as the Philadelphia Flyers. So if you're not going to catch Philly, you could still catch Tampa Bay, but that means you got to beat Tampa Bay. Yep, yep. This coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. And and in a perfect world, you'd win all four games and then, you know, because following that game, Dan, not to jump too far ahead, you got your California road trip. Oh. And then you got to schedule of you got a game either every other day or one every two days. It's the grind. Oh, and there's also a trade deadline like on March 8th too. Yeah. That's coming up super fast. So you're absolutely right. The schedule's hard and the next four games are great win in Philadelphia. Not in Philadelphia, against Philadelphia. Great win against Philadelphia. Love it. I loved it. I love being there. Even with the cold, I liked it. You got to build on that win. You mm-hmm. can't just go one in three against the next four games because that's your pl- that's your season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, and so we'll see if they can uh, keep up the momentum they got from this game. Again, a great night um, for the NHL, a great night for the state of New Jersey, really representing us proudly were the New Jersey Devils. And it was it was great to see all the imagery. It was great to see what they did with MetLife Stadium. And again, turning around 150,000 people in two days um, from a fan perspective is uh, it's just absurd to think about. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stadium series highly successful, at least in the metropolitan area uh, this year. And so the deadline is approaching. And again, we're going to hold off. We don't know who's going to move and where so far. So we don't want to have anything be outdated by the time we reach you. But as it gets closer to that, what was it? March 8th, you said March 8th. As it gets closer to that March 8th point, we'll continue bringing you episodes. And if there's any rumors involving the Devils, we'll get to those as well. And again, the needs might change depending on when we get to that point, because the Devils keep getting healthier and healthier. They had some players return from injury back to practice today. One Jonas Siegenthaler um, and even Nolan Foote is starting to practice again with the team. Yeah. And this is, well, I mean, credit to Nolan Foote. He's been out since preseason. If I, if I recall correctly, you yep. go to capfriendly.com, you go to the devil's web page and uh, you notice he's listed under season opening injured reserve, meaning yeah. he's been entire like his cap hit is a mere fraction of what it is. I mean, granted, he's on an ELC. It wasn't very much to begin with, uh, but still, that's $116,000 in savings. It is a bit tricky now because the Devils have been writing a full roster of 23 players. Mm-hmm. So if you want to bring back Siegenthaler or Foot will probably clear I don't foot would probably clear waivers because I don't know who is going to jump on, you know, acquiring Nolan foot by waivers since he hasn't played a single game and who even knows what his injury is. Uh, Lindy Ruff would not comment about what that was, whether or not he had surgery, whether or not his recovery went well. It's just, he's injured. He can't play. Eh." Uh. You know, but Siegetaller coming back good for the team, but you got to make a roster move to make it work. Yeah. And And I don't see how they can justify sending Nemich back down. Well, the easy, well, here's the thing what they could do. Option number one, if Vanacek is, is going to be out for longer and it's already been a week, right? Mm-hmm. You could put him on IR and then wait till Vanacek gets healthy. And then you revisit the situation, right? 
Mm-hmm. Option number two, you do a paper move to you know one of the five guys who doesn't have to go through waivers. That's you, you mentioned one of them in Nemich. Luke Hughes is one of them. Schmid is one of them. So if Vanacek gets healthy soon, they may just say, Schmid, go back down. And there, there you go. There's your roster spot. I'm afraid it might be Alexander Holtz since no. Lindy Ruff doesn't know what to do with him. Despite, you know, Holtz doing good things. He's still buried on the fourth line. He only got five minutes in the game against Philly, um, which is surprising, but not surprising because Lindy Ruff doesn't watch him play very well. Mm-hmm. You could and probably should put Nick DeSimone on waiver since he's completely unnecessary. And I doubt He's going to get claimed again, but if he does, so what? Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know what the claim was there in the first place. I guess it was a warm body for practices. I think think the concern was if the Devils had another injury coming on defense, because at that time when they made the claim, Smith was out, Siegenthaler's out, Dougie Hamilton's obviously out. So I think the fear was you get one more injury on defense. You already had Hataka up. Um, You don't trust anyone else from Utica at this point so get another get a spare body as you said but uh yeah that that claim is now looking unnecessary which hey better better to have it than not i suppose daniel missoul i think was a guy they were would would think about calling up i think in his place but he has been injured as well Mm. i think he's back now but i'm not super sure about the timing nevertheless um tom fitzgerald has some decisions to make in the short term because it's looking like Siegenthaler could play as early as tomorrow against his former team, the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, like you said, the Devils maintain this in a very important week. They, they need to really establish, you know, whether or not they're going to make the playoffs. I think you lose three of these four games, you can basically kind of think to yourself, okay, there's not that much leeway left of the season. But you yeah, win three I'll... or four, it's a whole different conversation, right? So it's it's a big swing, and I don't even think two and two doesn't necessarily at this point with every other team seemingly winning yeah, almost every that... night. Yeah, I mean, that's the challenge. Like, in a sense, the Devils situation gets slightly easier if you get some results in your favor. Um, like if Detroit starts losing some games, Toronto start well, they, they won today, so that's not going to happen. Tampa Bay starts falling apart. Uh, the Islanders can fall apart because they're the current team closest in the division. If Pittsburgh could continue to blow their games in hand. Mm-hmm. That would be cool too. And if Philly could get cold as well, that would be all beneficial. But the Devils are still in the situation where you go to muddypuck.com, you go to their previews uh, where they run the playoff odds and they say things like, this is a big game for the Devils. Yeah. And because if they beat the Caps in regulation, their odds go up by 5%. But if they lose in regulation, they go down by seven. Like it's a big swing. Crazy. <laughs> and, and and it's like I said earlier, this is the result of dropping those games to teams like Anaheim, like Columbus, like San Jose, dropping winnable games against Montreal. All that stuff comes back to bite you. At least if you got one point in those games, like the Islanders, you'd be in a healthier place, but yeah. you know, well, it's too late now. Is, now. I mean, you yeah, got the milk be has been spilled. <laughs> the milk has been spilt. You can't unspill it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to give one last shout out, Dan. Mm-hmm. If you thought the devil's games are important. Well, there are some big, important games coming up for the lower tier of international hockey. Cause world championship <laughs> season starts this Friday. Uh-huh. Get hyped, Dan in Sarajevo. <laughs> we got my best <laughs> in Sarajevo. We got the Bosnians taking on five Asian teams. Wow. I don't know why the IHF decided to host this in Bosnia. Oh, my Everybody God. travel there, but sure, cool. Uh, it's got uh, 
North Korea, who didn't show up to last year's tournament, so they got nice. relegated to this group. Okay. Bosnia are the hosts. They would have won, except Kyrgyzstan destroyed them by like nine. Okay. Uh, Hong Kong, which had the top forward in last year's group, a physiotherapist who lives in Canada and uh, d- dominates his uh, semi-pro league, uh, Justin Cheung. He oh, might no. be returning for that. Uh, Singapore and Iran uh, basically survived because Malaysia is worse than them at hockey. And then you got the debutants featuring New Jersey born hero, hero, hero. Dan, EJ Seabug of Lodi, Ooh. New Jersey, former member of the Jersey Hitmen of the EHL division tier three division junior hockey. I he became a Philippine citizen, scored the winning goal in overtime in Mongolia to get to this group. I think the Philippines can stay up in group B, get it done, Pinoy's. I don't. I don't Do know it. a single other person who is as remotely excited for this as you are, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you can't block the sun of the Philippines. Uh, you know what? Sure, why not? But anyway, but more, ser- but more seriously, these <laughs> games are all taking place in the morning. So if you're one of those people who's like, "Hey, I want to watch hockey literally all day," you can do that because these games are locally here at seven a.m., ten thirty a.m., and two p.m. So. If you don't mind some lower tier international hockey and what follows after this group, Dan, are all the other group plays, obviously leading up to the big ones, you know, the world championships uh, for, you know, the top division, which will be uh, in Bulgaria this year. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's division two. I'm sorry. I misread that. It's in Czechia this year, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually a good segue because it has been revealed by the fourth period that the devils will be playing a game in Prague next season. That's right. They're so be playing you, against you, Buffalo, I think, right? I believe Buffalo will be the opponent. Okay. I don't know if that's been officially confirmed, but yeah, May 10th through May 26th, Czechia is going to have the main world championships, but all the divisions that lead up to that, that starts now mm-hmm. world championship season. Watch some hockey all day. Learn about some other hockey nations that you've never heard of get hype and you know enjoy it amid, amid the, the devil's playing a lot of stressful hockey <laughs> right, and as we uh calm john down a bit with all this excitement that's going on in terms of international hockey cross with devil's hockey uh i just want to thank all of you for listening as usual and uh again if you're at the game your experiences we saw them all on twitter people you know reported them in person john met uh, a bunch of people, you know, it was just really, really cool to see the community of New Jersey come together like that. And so hopefully we get many more of those style events in the future. So like I said, as always, thank you for listening and let's go Devils. Go Devils. See you next time. Okay.